I'm sorry they took so long. But if you want to keep praying, you're welcome to come every Thursday night. We're here praying. Amen. From 5 to uh, when, when Bill wants to, wants to finish. Bill Jackson. Amen. It's at, it's at 6. What time is it there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I'm an unemployed, so I can be here at 5. <laughs> no, we can go from 5 to 6. You have my phone number if you wanna if you wanna sit and talk. Uh, there's times we don't have time to do that. You're working, everybody's busy. But there's my phone number if you want. I can call it counseling, but if you want spiritual guidance, we can pray together. If you're going through circumstances, we can pray together. We can seek what God has to say about whatever circumstance you're going through. And Millie and I we're available. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What else? Let me see my agenda. Amen. Let's get ready. I'm going to... There's no clock. Oh. I got excited for a minute. We've never been this close, friend. <laughs> I did, I did well yesterday, right, Dave? Yeah, 20 minutes, amen, <laughs> that's it. Hallelujah. Come to me to Joshua. We've been speaking about words and, and, and conversations and, 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 and guarding what we say and how important it is uh, to kind of put a guard in our mouth. Uh, but I want to speak about this uh, parable of the sower, but before that, I want to go to Joshua chapter 21 and verses 43 through 45. And it reads in my Bible, it says, So the Lord gave Israel all the land he has sworn to give their forefathers. And they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on every side just as he had sworn to their forefathers. I love this one. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all their enemies over to them. And not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Not one. Every one was fulfilled. And you know why is this so important? Because these few verses reveal to us God's character. The Bible says in the book of James that God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the book of Malachi, he told you, Jacob, you, have, you haven't been consumed because I'm, I'm the God that never changes. His goodness his will for us is the same. And when I read this scripture over Joshua, that none of God's good promises fail, I can have a guarantee over my own life that none of God's promises are going to fail in my life, neither yours. Amen. But let me ask you, so I, I ask myself this. This is how I study the Bible. I don't know how you do it. But I am, I'm always asking questions. I'm always asking myself questions, and I'm always asking God questions. 
Because if the promises of God never fail, why we don't see the harvest in some areas of our lives? Why don't we see this fulfillment uh, manifested in our lives? I ask that. And you know what? I, I think God guided me to the parable of the sower. Come with me. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. 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 He's a, he want to preach here with me, I think. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come to me, Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is the parable of the sower. You can also find it in Mark 4, and you can also uh, read it in Luke 8. And I strongly suggest that you go and, and read it in the three Gospels. I'm just going to use Matthew for, for reference. And of course, I'm sure you have, you have read this parable, but I, I'm, I'm just going to read it quickly. Uh, let me see what verse is, because I'm just going to go, because of time's sake, I'm just going to go to the explanation Jesus did about the parable. In verses 18 through 23, it reads, reads like this. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Some other versions read wayside. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but who worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produced a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Help me up, Holy Ghost. So every, every word that, ha, that God has spoken, it's, it's a, it has the form of a seed. And the seed, if you take good care of it, it will grow a tree. A, a, a full completion is. And what, what, what Jesus is trying to explain is that the words that God has given us, those good promises that He has given us, can come to us in, a, in the form of a seed. A lot of times, a lot of promises, we haven't seen them manifested because God doesn't give us the promise in full. He gives us the seed of the promise. But it is our job, folks, to prepare the soil for the seed of his word to grow 
and to come into completion. Listen to what I'm going to say, because some of the things that I might say probably will sound a little harsh, but let me tell you in advance, I love you, okay? And I won't see anyone, okay? So what I'm... Why some of us receive the same sermon, the same scripture, the same uh, uh, setup, but that, that sermon that was preached has a different effect in so many other people. You know why? Because every time that we preach, every time that we quote a scripture, what we are doing is sowing seeds. And the seeds that I'm sowing are falling in different kinds of soils, different kinds of grounds. I have no control of how you manage your grounds. I have no control. I'm sorry. I will love all of us to walk on the water, to be in the furnace with the Lord and not get smoke. But that won't happen. You know why? Because a lot of times we believers, we don't take the time to take good care of our soil. Is, any, is there a farmer here? I have a farmer, Kenny. He's not here, so I'm going to talk about him today. Okay. I'm kidding. All the farmers that I know, they live by the weather. First thing they do in the morning, I don't know if that's, that's your case, turn the TV on, Lafayette 13, I guess is the channel that covers this area. And we don't care what's going on on the news, give us the weather, <laughs> you know. So they are, they're full aware of the weather. Why? Because it has a straight connection with their crops. You see, we've been, we've been so worried for the past months because we didn't have enough rain. So our crops are not. And before you sow the seed, well, I don't, I'm not a farmer expert, okay, I apologize. I, I've been, I did this before. Chiseling, you know what that is? Of course you know what that is. So chiseling is you go with a tractor and you remove the ground. What do you do that for? To prepare, to prepare the soil, right? To prepare the soil and then you put a, anhydrous will come after or before? Either way, there you go. You put on hydras and you're concerned about the prices and you are so aware of your grounds. Why? Because you want to reap a harvest. Amen. When Bible speaks to us about our hearts, it, it, is, it, it depicts our hearts like a ground that we farm. And the seed of the Word of God will have an effect in our ground it, but it will depend on how we manage our soil. Amen? So, I titled this sermon, How to Prepare Our Hearts for the Word. How to Prepare Our Soil for the Word. I was with a person in a, in a, in a, in a land far, far away. And this person was having, I'm not kidding, almost a panic attack. And this is life, life story. And the reason of that was because this person has seen someone who did the person wrong 40, 40, yes, 40 years ago. 
And the person was telling me, I went to a funeral and I, I saw this, I won't say the word, okay? I, I saw him and I remember how he uh, did so wrong to me. And Alan, tell me, I don't want to deal with this emotion. How can, I, how can I overcome this emotion? And so I say, well, you know what? Uh, what? The problem is you have a root of bitterness because you, you, you've been offended. You've been betrayed. Okay, but this happened how many years ago? 40. Okay, 40 years ago. I said, let's do something. Let's pray for that person. And she said, well, I, I told the gender. <laughs> I, I'm so bad with this. And she said, you know what? Because <laughs> Millie told me, don't, gonna, don't say the gender. Okay, I, I'm sorry. Well, anyways, she said, I pray for, for the person. Really? How many times did you pray? I pray a couple times. A couple times. Yes, and, and I don't know, nothing is happening. I say, sister... It, it was a woman, but don't tell anyone, okay? <laughs> Sister, you've been farming your grounds with seeds of hate and bitterness for 40 years. How long will, will you think that it might take on the natural? If I want to go farm, that acre that is there full of trees, because in 40 years, I can guarantee you, those seeds are full grown now. But if I want to replace the feel in your heart, I have to do one or two things. One is go and till, is that, you know, till the whole thing. But Eric, were you a farmer? How long do you think it might take me to till those grounds where you see those big trees there? A while. Uh, one prayer won't take anything. Won't do anything. Two prayers won't do anything. I will have to spend time doing that, right? And number two, what you have to do is start by sowing the right seeds. So instead of, 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 of thinking, I hate that, I'm going to say, Father, I lift so-and-so before your throne of grace. And Father, I pray that you bless him. I pray that you heal him. I pray that you protect him. And she says, man, that's going to be so hard. I understand. But you know what's, what, what that's going to do is, it's going to replace your heart from a heart of bitterness to a heart of compassion. And that goes for each one of you. If you've been hurt by someone, don't cuss, don't curse, pray good things, speak good things about that person of that circumstance because what we are doing is we are sowing the right seeds and when those seeds sprout are going to change our heart from a heart of bitterness or anger to a heart of mercy and compassion. Will that work for you? Yeah? But that's not my sermon, it's just introduction. So Jesus explained the parable, and I'm just going to do one, one because of time. The crops that, that fall on the wayside, this version reads the pathway or the path. And when you study that, 
Why does the word of why does the word of God has no effect on my life? Have you wondered that? Why does God's promises doesn't seem to have fulfillment in my own life? It could be a health issue, it could be a marriage issue, it could be a family issue, it could be a relationship issue, it could be an economic issue. Why? If God has said in his word that he was going to do this and that for me, I don't see it. Well, let's go and see what you, you've been planting in your own heart. And let's see if your heart is one of this kind of soils that is a wayside or a pathway. And the characteristic of that ground is that it was a hardened ground. Why? When the Israelites will sow the seeds, they, well, I don't know, but what I read is they didn't have roads like we do. So people, if you were going to be from point B to point A, you, you were just going to walk in a straight line, so you were going to cross different fields from different people. So later on, that little, that little uh, pathway became what people use. But the sower was sowing the seed, and he was just, you know, throwing the seed, and the seed will fall in that place. That place was uh, a hard ground. So what, what the Bible speaks about, or what the Bible explains that hardens our heart are a few things. Are you ready for this? And you're taking notes. And I ask myself this question. What hardened my heart? Because if I have that kind of heart, the Word of God will be of no effect for me. Three things. Write it down. Number one, sin. S-I-N. Don't look at anybody. Folks, if you, ha if you are here, you want God's promises to manifest in your life. You want to live the kind of life that this book offers. You need to walk away from sin. Sin. We live in the time of a overflow of grace. And that has caused the body of Christ to downgrade their lifestyle. We, become, we have become permissive in a lot of things. You won't believe how many Christians get drunk from time to time or use a foul language. It blows my mind. Because I don't know about you, but the school where I was raised, kings did not drink alcohol. That's what the book of Proverbs says. It's not, I'm not making this up. And Paul says this, Paul says this, everything is licit, but not everything is convenient. When we think about sin, I was telling Millie this morning, some of us have this concept that sin is something atrocious, to call it sin. You know, like, like, like murder or adultery. But really, what sin is, is everything we do contrary 
to what God has asked us to do. Let me give you an example. I remember, do you remember the movie, uh, The Ten Commandments, Charlton Heston? And when we think about God's commandments, I don't know about you, but uh, for, for, from, for a long time, I had this image of God like the God of that movie. And I, my picture was Moses, Charlton, Charlton Heston, on Sinai with two tablets. And the Lord would say, you shall not kill him. And lightning. And, and he was with the tablets. And, oh, okay. You shall not, da, 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 da. you shall not steal. And we have that image of that God that is so angry. Telling us, oh, I hope you do this because I want to whip you hard. But God's, that's, that's our God is not that kind of God. Our God is a loving God. What if I tell my daughter, you shall not cross, I'm sorry, you shall not cross the street without turning to both sides. Will that make me an angry father? You know, when God says you shall not, he's not a father that is just trying to prevent us from having fun. Because that Christian life is so boring. Just a bunch of you shall not. No, he is a loving dad. What he wants is our best. God has your best in mind. Never forget that. God wants you to live a long life. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to prosper in everything you touch. He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be influent. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. And that's why he gave us the commandments. So if we live by them, we, he can guarantee that we're going to be successful. Everything that I do that is contrary to what God has told me to do, then sets me in great, in great danger because he's been there before. He knows. Why am I able to tell my daughter, don't cross this street without checking both sides? Besides, because I know what can happen to her if she doesn't do that. It, can be, it, it could be fatal. Yes or no? Same, th same thing with our God. He says, don't do this, don't do this. Hey, it's not because I just want to put a bunch of restrictions. It's because I love you. And I created this world. I know how I made it. And I know what, came, what roads can you take to have success. That's why they sh you shall not. But even like that, and with God compassion, when we live a life in sin, when I, meaning that, our words, our actions, our attitudes are contrary to God's command, meaning God's will, meaning God's plan, then we harden our hearts. And that's the soil where the fruit, where the seed doesn't have any effect in our lives. So brothers and sisters, hey, if you live in a life of sin, it doesn't have to be anything atrocious. You know, I pray the Holy Spirit will show you. So we can repent and we can align 
our words. I want to say so many things, but I'm, I'm going to restrict. What else can harden our hearts? Write this down. Pride. P-R-I-D-E. Millie is not here, so I'm just talking to myself, okay? Pride. You know what's one of the biggest source of pride? Write this word. Comfort. Comfort. America, be careful. In America, comfort. Deuteronomy 8.18, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. So what are you talking, Alan? What, what, what's this old talk you have here? Well, I'm just telling you, if the Word of God has no effect in your life, if there are areas in your life where still you are defeated, maybe we should start by checking our hearts, checking the soils where this Word is sown. So in Deuteronomy 8.18, God tells the nation of Israel... And he reminds them all the good works that he has done for them. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in his way and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Amen. That is prophetic for me. A land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills. A land with wheat and barley, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce. Hallelujah. And you will lack nothing. A land where rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be careful, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all of you, all you have is multiply, then your heart will become proud and will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Hallelujah. I, I, don't, I don't need to explain this one very much. But what, one of the reasons our hearts are so hardened is because of comfort. So we've been in a cycle. Our forefathers, our pioneers, the founders of this nation, they came and they humbled themselves to God. And that humbleness and that submission to God's word brought God's blessing. So it's like a cycle, unfortunately. And we can see there's nothing new about this. And the cycle, and we has brought the nation to a, a wealth condition. 
We're, we're very satisfied. Praise God. That's nothing wrong with it. My concern is with the body of Christ. Thank you for that. My concern is with the body of Christ. Why has the word doesn't have any effect in our hearts? Because we are comf comfortable. And that will lead to idolatry. Write this down. Write this down. This is very important. Because I, you know, at the end, what I want you to do is examine yourself. Once again, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is my heart hardened? Is, is it because of that I see no effect? Is it because of that I can experience everything Alan speaks every Sunday? Is it because of that? Amen? I don't know. God will tell you. But I want to tell you, check yourself. Make sure you don't have idolatry in your life. What is idolatry? I'm, I'm almost closing. It's everything that comes above God. That's a form of idolatry. Our government can be. Our healthcare system can be. Our education system can be. Everything we rely upon more than God, it's a form of idolatry. We have to be careful. That's why God told the nation of Israel, do, do not forget that it's the Lord your God who gave you all of this wealth and all of this greatness. Amen? Listen, I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care. Our, the U.S. Army, big deal with the... Uh, don't ask, don't tell. I don't know the policy exactly. Come on. What are you doing? You know what you're doing. You're putting our kids in great danger. Because it's just the hand of God upon them who brings the victory. It's nothing else. And I can go on and on and on with policies that are just seen contrary to what God has said. We have turned away from God because our wealth has made us think that we don't need Him. But it's God who gave us this great will. So our hearts are so hardened that the word of God is no, has no effect on us. That cannot be. And that is just a tiny little example. Amen? Last one. Setbacks. Romans 5. This is all the reason that can cause our hearts to harden. And I'm closing. Did, are you receiving something this morning? You look pretty serious. You look like, oh my God, am I in trouble? But you know what? God puts this message. I told Lord, I don't want to preach about this. I just want to preach how great thou art, Lord. I just want to tell the people everything is going to be okay. Don't worry. Be happy. I would, just, I would love just to tell him, Father, that... Let's sing Kumbaya, let's, let's, let's eat and drink, hallelujah. No, but I, uh, listen, I'm going to be in front of the Lord Jesus one day, and he's there looking at me now. That makes me, make it even more challenging for me. I feel like he's really there observing me when I see that picture. And by the way, I don't know if you ever see Jesus face to face, but that's exactly how he looks. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> So, Lord, one day I will have to give an account. And he will say, did you just wishy-washy? 
We should watch them. Do you, did you tell them the truth? Did you preach the truth? Did you confront them, Alan? Did you challenge them, Alan? Because you were watching their lives, and some of them, their lives weren't fruitful. And you knew why. Did you, out of love, told them their rights and their wrongs? What am I going to say? Lord, they look at me like they were upset, Father. No, no, I have to tell you the truth. We have to examine our heart. We have children's grandchildren. We have businesses. We have an economy that depends in, on us, in a sense. Amen? Amen. Setbacks, Daniel 5, verse 3. Hallelujah. Does God wants us to have the, all the comfort in the world? Yes. Does he want us to have all the wealth in the world? Yes. Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of poverty. Never forget that. Does God wants us to be, uh, you know, yes. But what he doesn't want is, to, is that we forget the source of all our blessings. Amen. Romans 5, and I'm closing with this. Number 1, 5. 5, 3. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And, they, and the hope does not disappoint us because God has, poured out, God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. My dad had a hard time receiving whatever God has to offer. Why? Because when he was four years old, his mom passed away. And then we grew up. My mom was always faithful Christian. And, you know, we were drawn to church. We had no choice. It's not a, it's, it wasn't about, are you coming? It's, what are you going to wear? We're going to church. We were in a Christian school, uh, Christian high school, and, I mean, we had no choice. But my dad, mm -mm, mm -mm. no, 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 no. And he will tell me when I receive God, when I receive Christ, he will tell me, tell me one thing. Because I was trying to minister, you know, when you have that fire for God, you do, your first love, we call it. You, you need to receive the Lord. And he says, tell me one thing. Why, why did God took my mom when I was only four? Oh, my gosh. I didn't have any argument for that. But that setback in his life hardened his heart. You know, he, he didn't want anything to do. Later, later, later on, after much, much, much prayer, he softened a little bit. And finally, he gave his life to Christ. Almost, almost last minute, you know. But sometimes we go through circumstances in life that harden our hearts. I want to tell you, is, is that you? I want to tell you this. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. There are two actors in this story. A good one and a bad one. There will be a day when the bad one won't be there. And that's what the book of Revelation says, that when we know tears, everything's going to be happiness. But 
As long as we walk on this earth, we are at the expense of something wrong happening. Folks, it's not God doing it to you. If you had a past experience, if you're dealing with sickness, if you lost a loved one before the time, it wasn't God. Don't allow that to harden your heart. Because then the word of God won't be of no effect. Everything that we preach here will make no sense. And all is, is, only, is only going to raise criticism from you. Because you haven't experienced that. Why me? Amen? Why me? Three things, closing. And check this out, please. What hardens our hearts? If you're, if you're a farmer of your own soil, if you're a farmer of your own heart, and you are preparing the ground for the seed, you have to... Be careful with these three things because these three things can harden your heart. There's many of them. I'm just going to address these three. And it's one, sin, sin. In the best of your ability, make sure you're living under God's guidance. Amen? His word. Speak. I was telling the Lord this morning in my devotional time, Lord, I give you my life, Father. I give you my life. I humble myself before you. Father, my dreams, my plans, my attitudes, my mindsets, Lord, I'm going to bring them against your word, Lord. And whatever your word says, I'm going to do. I'm going to bow down, Lord. And there's feelings that I don't want to have for someone. But if you ask me to do it, I will feel like you ask me. Sometimes that's really difficult. But I'm humbling myself. You want me to treat others like you tell me to? I, there's people I don't want to treat that kind. But if you ask me, Lord, come on. Don't ask me. But if you do, Lord, I'm going to humble myself. Amen. I'm, gonna, I'm going to live like you tell me to, ask me to live because I know that it's, I'm going to find success. If you don't want me to criticize people, if you don't want me to gossip, I won't do it, Lord. Sometimes I just want to do that. But I won't do it because I know this displeases you. If you, and you can go on and on and on. Make sure, if I do that, then I'll be sinning. And that is going to hurt no one else but me. And God doesn't want that for you. The Lord doesn't want you to be hurt. The Lord doesn't want you to be hurt. The Lord doesn't want you to be depressed. The Lord doesn't want you to be dealing with anxiety. Check, it, check out the root of those emotions. Check it out. Check the root of those emotions. And you will find that it's probably because I've been thinking, I've been meditating in something that God prevented me from. He told me, don't do this. Thinking the good thing. If, if, if something is true, if something is kind, if something is, parada, Philippians 4, think of those things. Amen. Amen. Otherwise, I'll be sinning meaning going against what God suggests me to do. Amen? Sin. Number two. Pride and arrogance. Be careful. Let's be careful with that. Let's pray for our nation. I'm closing. Uh, believe me, I'm closing. Let's keep our nation in prayer that God will soften our hearts. I read, this, I read the biography of all those uh, politicians that are on the top. And they, all of them had genuine beginnings. All of them were truly Christians. All of them were truly 
compassionate for their neighbors. But what happened along all those years in, the, in, their, in their politics career? Their hearts became hardened. We need to pray for our nation, especially for our leaders, that God will soften their hearts. How is he going to do it? I don't know. I don't know. But we have to pray. Number three, setbacks. Don't allow the past, your past, don't allow your failures to harden your heart. Those uh, difficult circumstances, hey, you didn't have any control of it. There's a lot of things we don't have any control of. It. Things that happen in our life, things that happen to our parents, things that happen to our loved ones. But you know what? Don't allow that circumstance to harden your heart. Because then the word of God won't be of, won't be of any effect in your own life. Amen? So, you know how they call me, they call me Farmer Brown. My brother-in-law once he says, "Hey, Farmer Brown." I didn't know who Farmer Brown was. It's, 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 Nathan quickly got it. It's not because you're in brown skin. I don't know who Farmer Brown is. I don't care. I don't know. So, Farmer Brown, let's check our hearts, friends. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I beg you. I beg you. To spend the time with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, and ask Him, Lord, reveal to me what's, what's hidden in my heart that doesn't allow your, your life and to flow, that doesn't allow this word to become a reality like it is for someone else. Help me and ask for help. Help me, Father. Help me. Bring to light that I might see even the things that we have forgotten, there's a lot of things in our lives that are somewhere there that we even forgotten about. But God wants to bring them back to surface that we might uproot them. Amen. In Jesus' name. Did you receive something this morning? Amen. Amen. You know what will help you do that? A life of fasting. How many of you fast and pray? One. How many of you fast and pray? Two. Folks, this life that we live here, this is not a game. This Christian life, this is not part of a culture. This is lifestyle. We, we have to stop the. We have to stop being shallow, in our walk with God. The trumpet's gonna blow. It's gonna blow soon. And there won't be no games when we are face to face with the Lord Jesus. He is love and kind, honey, honey and the rock, and milk. But when we are face to face with Christ, there will be no time there. The only, listen, the only institution that can change this nation, we love to whine and complain about our politics, about our president, about our teachers. We complain about everything. 
but we do anything. We do anything. And we have the weapons of this warfare to win the war. But we do anything but whine and complain. Let's stop playing, church. People there are dealing with addiction. That's a real deal. People there dealing with poverty. That's a real deal. People dealing with sickness. I, have you seen anybody taking dialysis? That's no game. And what are we doing? We the church of Christ. We the body of Christ. We are the only ones who are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are the only ones who have access. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Do you think it's real? Or it's just a fairy tale that we were brought upon because we were raised in church. A lot of you and a lot of us, the biggest problem we have is that we were raised in church because we have our heads full of information. We know the scripture, we know the parable, but our hearts are so hardened that the word is not effective. Pastor Alan, can you pray for me? What happened? I'm sick. And I went to the oncologist, I went to the tarararas, uh, I went to the tiriris, I went to the oriris, and then no one, none of them knew what to do. So, can you help me? You should have come to me first, or you should have go to God first. Don't you trust him? Don't you think he has the power to heal you? Just because we see people fall in our sides, that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist. We need to get serious, folks. Man, I work for this company. Listen, 70% of the kids that cross the door asking for a job, we're dealing with addiction. 70% of the kids. And what are we doing? So busy. Chasing riches and competing. And here we don't even have time for our kids. Living a life of sin, you know how many kids are born out of wedlock? And they're talking about abortion. It's a sin. Our kids shouldn't be having sex before, before marriage. And what are we doing with the church, you and I? What are we doing? Oh, the complaint. Oh, the economy. Oh, the interest rates. Come on. Let's change things. God is going to demand an account for, from each one of us. He's not going to be playing games. It's not always amazing grace. We need to get serious. I mean, come on. Church is not something we do once a week. And that's it. How many of you open the Bible from the rest of the week? You know what? I'm sorry. I just hate to see what's going on and knowing that we have the influence to change things. You know how many times have we been inviting you to pray on Thursday? None of you come. Listen, I love you. Nothing is going to happen with that attitude, folks. Nothing is going to happen. And it's not because you come to pray on Thursday. It's the attitude to seek God. It's like you, you didn't trust Him. It's like you didn't really trust what the Bible says. You know, we need to change that. We need to change that. Our, our young families. Come on, not, not, not everything in life is entertainment. We need to get serious. 
And you know there's a generation that is going away. And the, the next one, what are we doing? I remember Bob telling me, man, Alan says, I'm always, I'm almost, I'm almost gone. I feel for your daughters. What are they going to inherit? This nation full of sin. People, I, people, I've been people, they know all the names of all the basketball college players. All the names. You ask them about what Matthew 13 says, they have no clue. No wonder there's no, no, no fruit in their lives. No wonder they get married and they're getting divorced six months later. No wonder they, when they have a sickness, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to face circumstances. No wonder anxiety makes plays with them. Because there's the, the Word of God hasn't been sown into their hearts. I love you. Listen, let's get serious. You love Wilkett. You love Tri-County. It's amazing how many kids are dealing with drug addictions. What are we doing? We're so self-centered, so focused in our own little tiny world. I came to America. You know what I found? Everybody's building their own kingdom. Everybody's trying to make their name great. Let's, let's be the church. Let's be the church of the Lord Jesus. He's counting on us. No one else is going to do this but us. Lord, I praise you. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. And you know what, Father? Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Because in, there's no one of us, Lord. We have to deal with so many stuff in this culture that is so absorbent, Lord. And, and so many challenges, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us when we had said or put something else on, uh, on top of you. Something else more important than you, Lord. Father, forgive us, Lord, when we, when we have been distracted, Father. Forgive us, Lord. When we didn't accomplish not even the little tiny requests that you made, Father. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. And I pray, Father, for our community, Lord. I pray for our school system, Lord. I pray, Father, for our nation, an awakening, Father. An awakening, Lord. That we might live like our four, uh, forefathers live this Christian life, Lord. It was, it was so real for them, Lord. I pray, Father, for an awakening for us, Lord. For the church. I'm speaking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. In general. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray. Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to each one of my, my brothers today. Speak to each one of my brethren today, Holy Spirit. And show us, Lord, those areas in our lives, Lord, that we need to deal with, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord. That, that, that the seed of your word might have a hundredfold return. In the name of Jesus, I pray.
Hallelujah. Amén. Amén. I don't